We give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, my dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Maangi. Maureen Komboka is on standby with the Family Life segment today. She'll talk about the principles of loving. Brother Steve Lund will also be joining us during the Bible session to talk about blood in the Nile. Faith for today quartet will start us off with a song, One Day at a Time. Tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me to 
This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Let us now give way to Maureen Komboka to talk about principles of loving. Be blessed. Listener, I want to welcome you to our new series on marriage called The Abandoned Life. It is based on the biblical text found in John chapter 10 verse 10, where Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Dear listener, I believe that God wants you and I to enjoy happiness in our marriage. And in this series, we'll look at the various aspects that help us to live well, to live in love, to be happy, and enjoy the married life. Today, I want us to look at the principles of loving. Now, what are the principles for loving another person that God would want you to follow? Jesus answered this question after he was asked by the Pharisees, which is the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is recorded in Matthew 22 verse 37 and 38. The definition of a neighbor according to the dictionary is a person who lives close by. And dear listener, who do you live closest to, or at least who should you live closest to, but your God and also your spouse? After all, you entered into a covenant relationship with both of them when you took your wedding vows. That means that you should love them unto the extraordinary, beyond that which you love anyone else. In the Bible, in Luke 10, we see that Jesus was asked, Who is my neighbor? That's when Jesus went on to tell the parable of the Good Samaritan who showed great mercy to someone he did not even know. Afterwards, Jesus let the experts know that the one who showed mercy was the one who showed himself to be a neighbor. He then said, Go and do likewise. It is a principle for loving that we are to follow, both to the person outside our home, but especially to the person within our home, the one with whom we entered into a covenant relationship. So, beyond showing mercy and grace and helping to bind the wounds of our neighbor, who is our spouse, what other principles are we to follow? As we read the Bible, it could help us to keep in mind that the principles for living are also the principles for loving that the Bible shows us. It's our principal guide for how we are to treat one another. This especially applies to how we live with a spouse that we have vowed before God to love, honor, and cherish till death do we part. Dear listener, we often forget that as believers in Christ, we are vowed to be promise keepers and also to have a servant's heart and posture in how we deal with each other. 
We are told in Philippians 2 verse 3 to 8 that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. As those verses tell us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Listen again, it says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then it expounds, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Now I want to ask you, dear listener, as you read through these verses, we challenge you. Do you in humility regard one another as more important than yourself? Is your attitude the same as that of Christ Jesus who emptied himself of his rights despite the fact that he is God? Do you take on the very nature of a servant when dealing with your spouse, humbling yourself, yet lifting him or her up? And this, we may add, without a complaining word? Dear friends, the Bible says, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And the Bible adds, Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is found in 1 John 4 verse 7 to 12. Jesus adds in John 15 verse 12 to 14 and he says my command is this love each other as i have loved you greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends you are my friends if you do what i command so dear listener please consider this a challenge and a reminder to live out your promises to god and to your spouse your neighbor and to exhibit the principles for loving that the bible gives us our prayer for you today is that you love your husband or wife in the same way that christ showed his love for you he did not hold back in giving mercy and grace and forgiveness despite the hurt you have caused him we pray that you'll give up your personal kingdoms for the sake of god's kingdom so that others will see the love of christ sincerely displayed through your words and actions As a result of this they will have more opportunity to be drawn all the closer to Christ. We leave you with something that Keith Overthuff shares in his email. The email is entitled Do your best. It says bring out the best in others. Don't tell the Lord how big the problem is. Tell the problem how great the Lord is. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not promised. The question is, what have you done for Christ today? 
Therefore our love and prayers are with you as together we work to make our marriages a reflection of the love of God. Remember God has called us to live the abundant life in Christ even in our marriage. We appreciate those who have given us their thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Here's Faithful Day with the song, There is a Wonder.
hope that you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Brother Steve Rundu. Blood in the Nile. Our key text today is Exodus chapter 7 verses 14 all the way to 24. I will read, Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. I will go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the water. Wait on the bank of the Nile to meet him and take in your hand the stuff that was changed into a snake. Then say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, Let my people go, so that they may worship me in the desert. But until now, you have not listened. This is what the Lord says, By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile, and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die, and the river will stink, the Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. Then the Lord says to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in the wooden buckets and stone jars. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials and struck the water of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the rivers smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. But the Egyptians did the same things by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned and went into his palace." and did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians dug along the Nile to get drinking water because they could not drink the water of the river. The plague of the blood is a powerful testimony to the truth of God's ownership and management of all creation. The Nile River is Egypt's greatest natural resource, serving as the source of the land's natural fertility and prosperity throughout history. By changing the waters of Egypt into blood, God demonstrated his control over the sources of Egypt's economic vitality. Pastor James E. Mead reflects that the very air we breathe, the water we drink, the wonder of life itself, the planet we live on, the universe, we brought none of these things into being. They are all but gifts we enjoy out of the overflow of God's love. The love of God, the gift of Jesus Christ, forgiveness of our sins, the call into Christian community, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, eternal life, none came from us. Each is a gift to us from God. Just to remember that God owns everything prompts a remarkable shift in our view of stewardship. Usually, when we think of stewardship, of giving to charitable causes, if you want to, we define it as our giving to God or to the church, something that belongs to us. But in the Bible, stewardship is just the reverse. Our freely using, enjoying and giving what already belongs to God. In the words of generous giving, stewardship Bible study notes that for this passage. Just before God gave Moses permission to perform the first plague, 
which turned all the water in Egypt into blood, God reemphasized that the reason he had determined to bring such cataclysmic disaster and violent upheaval upon the land of Egypt was the Pharaoh's unyielding hurt and caused him to refuse to let God's people go. We should exercise caution in drawing two claws a parallel between Pharaoh and ourselves before God, because God hardened Pharaoh's heart, while he has promised to give us new hearts of flesh. Still, it is important for us to recognize that an unyielding heart always brings disaster. This truth applies whether it is Christians or non-Christians who are being unyielding and withholding what belongs to God. In the end, God cannot be robbed, for from Him and through Him and all to Him all are things made. That is Romans chapter 11 verse 36. Everything in creation is at God's disposal. So the question is, whether we will give willingly with yielding hearts or whether we will harden our hearts and have our closed hands forced open by the Almighty God. We will either experience the joy of giving generously or, like Pharaoh, be smashed, having everything taken from us. In light of these ultimate ends, everyone should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not re- reluctantly or under compassion from others to, but out of love for God's Son who became poor so that we might become rich. See the Second Corinthians 9 verse 7. Brethren, God wants us to use and enjoy His creation. A question therefore is posed to us, how can you do that with a proper attitude? Is there anything in your life that may alert you that some part of your heart is unyielding? Just think about that. How does God show us our heart attitudes? We need to pray about our attitudes towards God. If we form an unyielding attitude, a hardened heart attitude in sin, then we shall be at the danger that Pharaoh was in. Let us all pray to God that he can create in us a clean heart and give us a new spirit so that we might not fall the danger that befell Pharaoh. Let us pray. God Almighty in heaven, Please reveal to me through your Holy Spirit any attitudes about my possessions that might point to an improper view of what you have entrusted me to manage. Lord, I pray that you make me a better steward. All this I pray, trusting and believing that you have heard me and that you have answered me, for I have prayed in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. It has been nice having a company. In case you have any views, comments, or questions about the show, please send to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us through awrnairobi at Until next time, I have been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Goodbye. Yes, that is.
Tomorrow. 